0: Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. We got a, an email from a woman in Transcona. Her name is Krista Gerbrandt, and Krista joins us on the phone now. Krista, thanks for coming on this afternoon and telling us about this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It, you sent along some pictures. Um, you're in Transcona, you're in T Town. And there are some hawks nesting there this year, and I guess this happens every year, and it happens in different parts of the city, too. But these hawks have moved a couple of streets over, and they're being sort of vicious. I, I've seen the pictures. Tell us about this.
1: Yeah, so for the last couple of years, we've had hawks that have taken up residence in our area, and uh, usually they start nesting um the street over on uh, ravelston east and this year for whatever reason they've chosen rosso east which is where i live which is the street over and uh yeah year after year they just get more vicious and more territorial and uh with them being on our street this year obviously um i've had some run-ins with them myself uh some warning swoops if you will uh you know telling me to get away from their nest and their tree And uh, that escalated to uh, one actually attacking me um, at the back of my head and scratching my forehead, which did not feel good, to to say the least. And uh, this last uh, two weekends ago, I believe, my mom was watching my kids. My husband and I were out of town. And because she's not from Transcona, she doesn't live in the area, she wasn't really thinking too much about where she was walking. And uh, she got big blow to the back of the head Um, and like you said you saw the pictures scratching her face the top of her head within maybe like a half an inch away from her eye uh, bleeding Um, yeah so it was pretty traumatic for her to say the least I mean she's a senior woman and she you know it, it, it knocked her pretty good Um, so I've been trying to get a hold of conservation. Um, I haven't heard from anybody. I've left several messages. No one's returning my phone calls. Um, I reached out to my MLA because I know that uh, conservation in these birds is a provincial issue. Um, I did hear from somebody from the office, um, and that was about a week ago, but there's been no follow-up, no plan to not only just get rid of the hawks, but I mean, this is a problem every year for us on these streets, right? So we know what's going to happen next year. Um, I want to know what they're planning to do about it for for next spring, right? And I'm just not hearing from anybody, and it's very frustrating, especially since people are getting hurt.
0: So you're hoping the squeaky wheel will get some grease today by coming on and and talking about it? And I don't blame you because um, yeah. uh, just even based on those pictures, I mean, it could have been much worse.
1: Oh yeah, she like if it had been even closer to her eye, like there there would have been some serious damage for sure.
0: And there's a nearby school, and kids are getting swooped at as well.
1: Yes. Well, last year um, it was a problem, and I know that there were some parents that were actually sending their kids to school, the ones that walk anyway, in bike helmets just in case they got attacked from from above, right? And uh, they weren't sending the kids out for recess, I know, a little bit towards the end of the year last year because of these hawks. And I'm just thankful um, you know, silver lining with COVID and everything that there's no school this spring because I i don't even want to think about what, what they would have done to little kids.
0: Yeah, now I'm not an animal expert, uh, but we have one on our shows often, Barrett Miller at Fort Wade Alive, and I didn't get a mm-hmm. chance uh, this morning to talk to him, but I'm going to give him a call and, and see what he says about this. But I imagine they're just protecting their young and their uh, nastiness, will die down a bit after a while as the babies get a little older, but it still doesn't take away from the danger factor right now, does it?
1: No, exactly. And there are babies. like we, we do know that, and they're, they're nesting, and they do it every year. Obviously, they feel safe in, in that particular area of transcona to have their babies. Um, but again, right, it's like they're, they're, I, I, there's nothing being done about it. Um, it's, it's an annual problem. And if there can be something done about it, like, I know that they're Cooper's hawks. Um, I know they're not endangered. I know they're not protected species. So I'm just at a loss as to why this is still an issue, right? If they were eagles, you know, there would be one thing, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, and you should be here. I mean, you've called officials. You've done the right thing, and you're not hearing back yeah. properly. And so, you know, good for you for letting us know because, uh, listen, You, in that neighborhood, are sort of aware of what's going on. But somebody who's not from that area, uh, like, uh, was it your mother or your mother-in-law? I can't remember now.
1: No, it was my mother.
0: So your mother, you know, if somebody from another area comes in, and then, you know, something terrible happens, and then it's a big deal, and, and you know, so this is why it, it needs to be dealt with, I I understand completely. Well, listen, hopefully yeah. some of those conservation officials or politicians are listening, and if you need uh, Krista's contact info, I'm happy to share it with you. Just email me, hal at cgob.com or text or call right now during the show at 204-780-6868. And as I said, Krista, when I get time after the show today, I'm going to call Barrett Miller over at Fort White Alive and see if he maybe has some advice for you as well.
1: Oh, perfect. Thank you.
0: Really appreciate your time today, and, and stay safe. Gee, pandemic swooping hawks, what else can we get, eh? <laughs> exactly. Krista, thanks a lot.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Krista Gerbrandt in Trans-Kona where uh, some hawks are keeping a close eye on the babies and swooping down and uh, and injuring people in some cases, including uh, a pretty nasty scratch on her mom's head. Yes, here at my home studio, Camp Poitras, producing back at CJOB, and joining us on the phone now, Morgan Safer. Jay Morgan Safer. Morgan, good afternoon.
2: Hello, how are you?
0: excellent uh when you were here at my place talking to my dog Hershey a couple of weeks ago you were thinking about uh traveling to another province where you could get to a gym are you happy the gyms are open again
2: I am ecstatic even though my gym (laughs) remains closed which is extremely unfortunate but it's out of my hands I'm so 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 happy thank you for asking
0: (laughs) yes well I'm glad you're well. I got to tell you, I had you on the show, uh, somebody was doing a documentary and you were involved in the documentary and I had you on uh, the show last spring and we've been talking since then about you coming to meet Hershey and you came as I said a couple of weeks ago. By the way, you've got a great book which I've started called Animals and Energy and I I encourage people to pick it up, you can still find it online, Animals and Energy by J. Morgan Safer, S-A-I-F-E-R. You're a, just to remind people, you're a professional animal communicator and you do Reiki on animals. You're an animal Reiki master. And you came and met Hershey. Uh, Everybody who listens to this show knows all about Hershey and the late great PETA. Um, So what did you think of Hershey?
2: Well, Hershey was fantastic. Uh, She was very, uh, very docile, very happy um, and to be honest with you, you know um, animals usually have a whole rap sheet of things they want to tell me about how uncomfortable they are or how much they like their food, but her she was so happy and she was you know she she loved you and and Jackie and she really didn 't have one complaint in the world,
0: so you know now, she
2: was she was great
0: yeah, yeah, and we were really happy about that um are you a pet psychic you're an animal i know you're an animal communicator but are you cool with the term pet psychic or is that too uh uh, hollywood and you know movies and that kind of stuff
2: i'm very um i'm a very semantic person and i do prefer animal communicator because the word psychic i do also call myself a psychic medium but the word psychic does have sort of a um a flaky connotation i feel um and also, the word pet I take exception to because, in my opinion, pet implies subordination. And I do feel that animals are equal to people, which is why I call them animals as opposed to pets. If anybody's ever read my blog or heard me speak, I will never mm-hmm. call them a pet. I will always call them an animal companion uh, because, mm-hmm. again, to me, to, it, it's maybe a personal thing, but pet to me implies subordination that they're subordinate to us.
0: Sure. How does it work when you were here and, and met Hershey? Uh, and I'm going to tell some more details, so stand by, people, because I'm going to share with you what I found to be some incredible information. But how does it work when you're when you're communicating with an animal like my dog?
2: Well, usually um, it, it sort of depends on the animal, and it depends on the intuitive person. Uh, I do believe that everybody has the ability to be an animal communicator. It's sort of like... Um, You know, if you want to be an Olympic gold medalist, you have to train your butt off until you get to be really good at it. It's the same sort of thing. It just takes a lot of practice. And essentially what it involves is nonverbal communication, communication. Um, so, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word telepathy because, again, I find that people think that's a whole lot of nonsense, but that's really truly what it is. It's, um, it's just energetic uh, feedback. So, if anybody understands uh, the concept of what an aura is, what an energy field is, you know, perhaps sometimes you're walking by somebody on the street and you just get a bad read from their energy field. It's sort of the same principle. You know, I, I tap into an animal or a person, as it were, and, and I just read their energy, I read their, their aura, I read um, the, the signals that they're sending off in a nonverbal way. Um, um, and I just sort of interpret them in my own individual way. Um, and, you know, A lot of times it comes in pictures. A lot of times it's feelings. A lot of times I'll feel what the animal's feeling. You know, if they have a sore body part, I'll feel that sore body part in my own body. So it really does depend on um, that specific animal and how they communicate.
0: And you picked up on some stuff about Hershey that we knew, and there was no way you would have known, but you were able to... Uh, hear about some of that from Hershey so I was really impressed with that Um, you said animals usually have a lot of complaints or they have a lot of things they want to talk to you about what's their number one complaint usually or what's the one thing or two things three things that they really want to try and communicate to you once they realize hey she knows what I'm getting at here
2: you know, it really does depend. Um, I do like to tell people if you have 50 different animals and you ask them the same question, you'll get 50 different answers. But generally, I mean, especially lately, people don't maybe realize how sensitive their animals are to the stress that the people are going through. So, you know, we're, we're in very uncertain times right now. Um, people are emoting very stressful feelings. Um, they're, they're 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 stressed out. You know, they're, they're unhappy. They're miserable. And, you know, this is sort of a common North American experience. And unfortunately, the animals... Because they're like sponges, and they absorb the energies of their people and their their environments. Unfortunately, they take the brunt of that. So, you know, um, maybe the the message is um, to to be aware of um, of how we're we uh, Of course, it would be unrealistic to uh, to imagine our lives without. Sorry, I'm getting a, a call on the other line here. Uh, it, it would be. Um, um, ridiculous to, to imagine our lives without stress because that's part of the hu- part of the human experience mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah so I mean maybe generally the food is a big deal um, I'm not going to get into slandering food labels because we're on public airways but <laughs> sure. please, please people do your research uh, make sure that you're feeding whatever you're feeding is is actual food and not a buzzword for something that's not food so maybe mm-hmm. avoid preservatives um and also you know animals feel like it's their role to support us you know so if we're going through a difficult time they feel very much like it's their role to balance out our energies and to to uh, help us to feel uh, healthier and whole so um just you know maybe for people to be mindful that uh, that that's what the animal feels like and um and yeah so that's kind of the main thing that they're yeah. thinking about regularly
0: Right. Um, by the way, Hershey has begun her chiropractic treatments, and she is oh, also great. getting acupuncture. And I'm telling you, Morgan, it is working wonders. It's amazing oh, how much better she is moving after uh, chiropractic and acupuncture. And you can see pictures of Hershey with the needles in her butt uh, on my social <laughs> media feeds. If you wanna, if you wanna see them. Um, but no, it, it really has helped her, her mobility. So thank you for that referral as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's important for people to realize that, um, energy is a very powerful, um, I don't even, it's a very powerful modality. And so when we have, you know, even with people, when we have sort of a stagnation of energy in our physical bodies, if we have a sore leg, if we have chronic back issues, acupun- acupuncture is really just geared towards removing that stagnation of energy and allowing that energy to flow more freely so that our ranges of motion become um, more more mobile.
0: Yeah. You know, Hershey, Dr. Ron Warb at Anderson Animal Hospital on Marion takes great uh, care of Hershey um and uh, hershey recently we we found a little lesion on one of her legs and we suspected it might be cancer and, th- and that sucks uh that's one of the reasons we really wanted to get around to having you uh communicate with hershey and it was great to sort of get her thoughts on that and i know there's some people right now listening going this is crazy uh, i i respect the fact that you aren't into this but i'm really into this and i'll tell you what did it for me when morgan was here and morgan and i have only met one other time When Morgan was here, you were having a hard time uh, communicating with uh, Hershey, and you said, are you okay if I just give you a message because your dad is here? And you shared with me a really important message from my dad on a tough day and it meant so much to me, Morgan, and people can think that's real or think it's imagined, but you told me something that really mattered on a day when it really mattered. And so you're the real deal, I'm telling you. You're, you're fantastic, Morgan, and I'm, I'm honored and proud to call you a friend now.
2: Thank you so very much. That's such an honor for you to say that. I, I very much appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yeah. You're amazing. Um if anybody wants Morgan's contact info, I'm happy to share it with you. Morgan, have a great day.
2: Thank you so much, how you too and uh stay cool. It's hot, it's hot
0: out. Yes, it is. And Hershey says hi. Hello, Hershey. <laughs> but then you probably but then you probably knew that. So why am I well, passing I on the message? <laughs> little- I was gonna send her a little
2: greeting right away. <laughs> Thank
0: <you. laughs> Morgan, thanks a lot. <laughs> j morgan safer j morgan safer author book animals and energy she's a professional animal communicator and an animal reiki master and she is great a wonderful person as well right now big bird number 97 bomber great doug brown doug good afternoon how's it going excellent thanks a lot for jumping on for, your, uh, for a couple of minutes i know you're you're busy today. So Bob's been on a couple times already today. Bob Irving, voice of the Bombers. You're his his color guy on the broadcast here on, on CJOB and the CFL. We're all waiting. What might happen? Will they play games in a hub city? There's probably not going to be anybody in the stands. Will there be any games? Maybe none. And and now the players uh, and the association are starting to say, come on now, we, we want some answers. But I'm not sure there are answers. What's your sense of this back and forth, though?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's in the best interest of the Canadian Football League to actually wait as long as they can because the environment is constantly changing and and being reshaped around them. So uh, there's different phases that are there's different permissibilities right now for public things are, you know, as as the coronavirus gets uh, more stable and the numbers drop and and becomes more consistent there are different things that are permissible in terms of what you can do and there's different phases that can open to a society so it's it's very difficult to make a concrete plan or to hand out information on what a season might be when you don't know what that environment is going to look like yet and uh you know obviously Canada for the most part is trending in a very positive direction so Um, I think, you know, they want to wait as long as possible before they say anything definitive, simply because they want to know what kind of societal uh, rules or restrictions will be in place by the time uh, they hope to, uh, to kick the football off.
0: And I know nobody, including you, has the answer to this question, but what is your sense? Do you think we will get some games in? Will we crown an, another, hopefully our Bombers again, will we crown a Grey Cup champ, or, or do you think this year is, is maybe
3: done? I mean, I'd love to see football in any way, shape, or form, especially uh, Canadian football. But I, I just I don't know if it's if it's viable if you can't have fans in the stands or you have to limit that. Um, I think potentially the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be the reigning champions for another year simply because there might not be football played, and I think that's why they're waiting. Uh, until, you know, everything comes out in terms of what options are available before they say anything definitive. I think they're really holding on to uh, slim hope and chances right now of having a season. I really hope they can. I really hope they can pull it off. Uh, even nine games of football is better than none in my mind of, of Canadian football, uh, you know, uh, action. But it's uh, it, there's so many roadblocks, so many obstacles. And, you know, in order to conduct business right now in this environment, it is it's not cost effective for the Canadian Football League if you can't have those 20 to 30,000 people in the stands. Yeah,
0: here's what I, I in listening to the other shows today, as I said, Bob's been on a couple times and other people have weighed in on this. Here, here's the thought I had. Let's have a hub city. Why not make it Winnipeg? Right. Why not make it here? Uh, yeah we got two new cases of COVID-19 today but we've only got six active cases we're just as well off here when it comes to the pandemic as any other part of the country do it here we're in the middle of the country travel you know might be easier for everybody overall what, what do you think of that idea Winnipeg would be the CFL city this year
3: yeah i mean i I think it it sounds fantastic it's just figuring out you know what you do with american players and and quarantines happening and then the expense of having hub cities right as well um you want to talk about per diems you want to talk about hotel costs you want to talk about feeding uh you know all these players and, and moving the infrastructure to have multiple teams uh in one area that's a huge cost and it won't be offset um, by you know the regular attendance at, at games, and even if in Winnipeg you you had full access to the stadium, you know if Toronto's playing Hamilton, you're you're not going to see the kind of interest in a game like that at, uh, at at the football stadium that you would obviously if Saskatchewan came to play Winnipeg. So, I just think you know that's. Uh, That's an NBA or an NFL ideal. I think right now the Hub City environment, I I just think it might be cost prohibitive for the CFL. I hope it can happen. I hope, uh, you know, uh, they can figure out a way to make that work. I just don't know if it's financially viable.
0: Yeah. I hope it can happen too, Doug. Uh, I'm not feeling terribly confident, to be honest with yeah. you. I, as you point out, I think there's just too many factors and we don't have enough solid information yet. We don't know what next week looks like, let alone, you know, next month or, or two or three months from now. I had another thought. I'm just throwing my crazy ideas out and you tell me if they suck or not, Doug. I was thinking, you know, if we can't have a bunch of games or a season or whatever, what if we got some great players from each team and did sort of a skills competition? You know, almost like an all-star celebration. You know, where you bring in some great receivers, some great quarterbacks, some great kickers, and you just do kind of a fun event that can be televised and all CFL fans can enjoy it.
3: Yeah, no, I'd I'd be uh, totally on board with that as well. I think, like you say, anything Canadian Football League related. Uh, would be something and good and to keep them you know in, in, the, in the hearts and minds of, of that fandom out there uh, across the nation so something is always better than nothing and uh, hopefully it won't come to that where they have to have you know some sort mm-hmm. of an all-star game or spectacle or something like that hopefully they can yeah. have some somewhat of a season but like you said there's so many variables and obstacles to overcome right now
0: yeah hey Doug thanks a lot hopefully you and Bob will be calling some games here on cgob I'm hoping I sure hope so, my friend. All right, Doug, thanks, thanks, buddy. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.